On today's Locked on Texan podcast, Cody and I take a look at the early predictions for the 53-man roster and how has the Deshaun Washington trade helped build the rebuild process for the Houston Texans? You are Locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to take a quick second to shout out our everydayers hmm. from the Himalayas. What's going on, everybody, whether you are watching us at home while you're working out or listening on the way to work, we thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Texan Podcast, your team every day. Uh, I am John, some sports guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Texan and Houston Rocket credential media member for the city of Houston, Cody Davis. Yes, also writes for Sports Illustrated. So make sure in your free and spare time, you check out all of the updates and what's going on with the Houston Texans mm. and Houston Rockets on Sports Illustrated from my man, Cody Davis. I want to take this opportunity to dedicate this podcast to my nephew, Amir Vincent. Today, we're celebrating his first full year on the <laughs> earth. So, nephew, five or so years down the line, whenever you say, oh, can I get a, can I get an autograph? Of course, I won't give you one because you don't need one, but you'll be able to look <laughs> back and say, from day one, I gave you that love, man. However, we got to talk about the Houston Texans. And, Cody, what better way to discuss the future than to talk about the past. Old folks say this all the time. <laughs> if you don't know where you've been, mm. you can't know where you're going. Mm. You gotta so shake your head with it. At, mm. Where the tambourines at? And the, exactly. and, the, and, the, <laughs> and the piano, right? Uh, somebody give some tithes and offering. But we gotta look at how the Deshaun Watson trade helped usher in and kind of, I, I would say, maybe I, could, I should probably hold off but speed up the rebuilding process for the Houston Texans in terms of what the Houston Texans got back in a pick, the players that they were able to draft, and looking at the future. I know as of right now, when we look at the future, from that Deshaun Watson trade, Houston still has a 2024 first round mm -hmm. and a 2024 fourth round. But, Cody, between players that were drafted last year and this year, what's going on with that? How has moving on from Deshaun Watson and the past X helped you be get into a healthier relationship with some of the players that Houston has on the roster now? Yeah, man. And this is very important to talk about because as we stand as of right now, we are about halfway through of that big entire trade package that the Houston Texans got back in return. Just to refresh everybody's memory, in March of 2022, the Houston Texans sent um, Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for a 2022, 2023, and 2024 first round pick, a 2023 third round pick, which was number 73 this year, and a 2024 fourth round pick and since then ladies and gentlemen um nick casario has really utilized these picks for flexibility in order to 
rebuild this roster. Last year, I'm pretty sure you guys remember with the Browns first round pick, he used that in a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, I think Nick Casario and the Eagles love trading with each other on draft days because they always finding a way to link up the move up and down in these, in these rounds. But um, the Houston Texans traded up with the Browns pick in order to get Keon Green. This year, on Thursday, <laughs> um, Nick Casario packaged the Cleveland Browns' first-round pick. Of course, that was pick number 12, along with the 33-pick Houston's own first-round pick and a third-round pick in 2024 in order to move up to the Arizona Cardinals at pick number three to get Will Anderson Jr. And with the Browns' third-round pick, which was number 73, Nick Casario and the Houston Texans packaged that along with number 161 to move up with the Los Angeles Rams for the 69th and the 191 pick. And with the 69th pick, the Houston Texans were able to select wide receiver from the University of Houston, Tank Dale. So as of right now, John, listeners and viewers, when you go back and you take a look at um, the trade package for Deshaun, you're looking at it from a standpoint that the Texans sent Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns, and in exchange, they got Keon Green, Will Anderson Jr., Tank Dale, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2024 fourth-round pick. I know it's very early to start you know, saying let's grade the Deshaun Watson trade package as right now, but I do believe in terms of Keon Green and Will Anderson Jr., you have an opportunity to get um, two foundational pieces. And with Tank Dale, that gives you a guy that can actually add some depth to that wide receiving core. So as of right now, John, if I could just give this this whole entire trade package as the way it stands as of right now on March 3rd, 2023, I would give it a B because at the end Major. of the day, <laughs> oh yeah, twenty May third. I'm sorry. Um, I would actually give it a B because at the end of the day, what I love most about what Nick Casario has done, like I mentioned, he has utilized these picks in order to keep his flexibility open. And if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson, if it wasn't for these picks, the way he's been utilizing, I don't think we'd be sitting here talking about um, Will Anderson and Keon Green and possibly Tank Dell as well. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, by the way. Tank Dale came out and said that the relationship and the bond between wide receiver and quarterback that you want to see start maybe May 12th kind of started mm -hmm. a long time ago between he and C.J. Stroud yes, sir. after the combine, which led to apparently, allegedly, C.J. Stroud asking the Houston Texans to make sure they go get Tank Dale, right? Mm -hmm. And so that speaks volumes to the type of quarterback that I believe the Houston Texans are getting, who, by the way, has been killing it. In these press conferences, very likable guy and the type of wide receiver that he believes Tank Dale can be with his skill set. So that speaks volumes, and I love that. But, Cody, one thing that you pointed out that is a fact, and I'm not going to stay too long on this, would Houston end up with Will Anderson, Tank Dale, Kenyon Green without Deshaun Watson? The answer is simply no. Hmm. And when we look at what we believe Will Anderson could be for the Houston Texans, and a lot of people believe that the Houston Texans gave up too much, but I think what they gave up is that speaks volumes. <laughs> I, to say where, <laughs> I think what they gave up speaks volumes to where Houston believe they can be in this division and how they can compete this year compared to the last two seasons. And I think this team is going to come out week one and ready to actually complete compete and play competitive football. We yeah. have Tank Dale, a player that is kind of a three level type of wide receiver, can help you in the wide receiver game, of course. It's going to help you in special teams if you get that opportunity. And he's a player in modern football 
you kind of want to find ways to get him out of space. So he is he a guy you want to use on a jet sweep? You want to you know line him up and get him some screens out of the backfield, right? This is a player that can be very dynamic in multiple ways. You just don't have to line him up outside. You definitely want to line him up inside. Those are players that, as we speak right now, there is no season that's been played. There hasn't been a rookie minicamp. There's no training camp. But do we believe Will Anderson will impact the Houston Texans defensively under D'Amico Ryans? The answer to that is yes. Do we believe that a player that they traded up for in Tank Dale, will he be a weapon for Bobby Slowick, who will also be helped by Shane Day and Bill Lazor? The answer is yes. <laughs> and comparing that, well, pairing that, with what Houston got on their own, do we believe the Houston Texans are in a better space now than what they've been the past two seasons? And let's go back three seasons, Deshaun Watson's last year. Do we believe that this franchise has more promise than that year? Because, ladies and gentlemen, though Deshaun Watson threw for 4,800 yards, Mm. I think he had a total of 5,100 yards total. Mm-hmm. That team only won four games. Do we believe that this team could be better with these final pieces that Deshaun Watson helped us in by him going to Cleveland? I think the answer to that is simply yes. So I'm anticipating what Deshaun Watson will do for Cleveland this year, right? Not completely writing him off. Do I think he'll be returning back to a top five quarterback? I'm not even going to say that because I think the last time we saw him play a full season, those numbers were deflated. I'm on record by saying that, by the way. But this <laughs> roster completely up and down from 1 to 90, from then 90 to 53. Do I think this roster is better because of the trade from Deshaun Watson? Absolutely, yes. So I think all Texan fans should be thanking Deshaun Watson for sitting out <laughs> and finally moving on and whether you want to see him do good or not. Because I think ultimately the past two drafts, indirectly, indirectly, Damian Pierce, Christian Harris, uh, Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley, Kenyon Green, mm. uh, Tegan Quintoriano this year, C.J. Stroud, Tank Dale, Will mm. Anderson. Mm. The, the, the names go on and on. Pairing this with a successful free agency period, Deshaun Watson probably did more for the city of Houston when he was gone than what he could possibly have done for the city of Houston while he was here. Of course, I may be jumping the gun. We have to play football, real football to see. But (laughs) in a couple of seasons, we'll see where this franchise is at. And then we'll be able to adequately judge that. Uh, But overall, Houston won that trade as of right now. The only way Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns can win that trade is if they win a Super Bowl. And do we think that's going to happen? We'll see. Make a fast break the fan duel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Do you think Jimmy Butler, whenever he gets back on the court, is going to score over 30 points? Or do you think Steph Curry is going to hit more than six threes in the game? No matter what it is, there's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's 
FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there. Really quick before we move on to the next discussion. You know what I think is fun? Name a player coming out of college in any era growing up as a kid that you really thought was going to be the next whoever in the NFL. I had a fun conversation with my group chat, and we got the naming players who we really thought was going to be the next it person. Like I thought Quan <laughs> Crosby out of UT was going to be that guy, and he let me down. To take it back further than that, I thought Lionel Swede was going to be that guy. The only highlight Lionel Swede ever had in the NFL was that crackback, I think, in the 09 playoffs for the Pittsburgh Steelers where I thought he took a man's head off. We all got favorite players that we love, and a lot of times we may just underestimate how hard it is to be successful consistently in the NFL. So you guys, all of our everydayers that's watching, Comment on YouTube, a player that you really thought was going to be the next it guy. If you're listening, tweet us at John underscore Hickman 12, Cody Davis underscore 24, or Locked On Texans on Twitter. Tweet us your top two or three players that you really thought was going to come in and change the game. And I know a lot of people may tweet uh, Sam Bradford, you know, <laughs> uh, one of the greatest finesses of all time. But, mm, Cody, mm, mm. to bring it back to the Locked On Texan podcast, Houston is only going to have 53 roster spots that they can fill. And you've been around this franchise since COVID. So for the past, this will be a fourth season covering the Houston Texans, right? Like, lively mm. there. Yeah, it will be. 2021, mm. 2022. Yeah, been here for the complete, the, the complete downfall. <laughs> but, but, Get off, Texas, but Texas and Rockets, I got a joke that maybe I'm the bad luck person because when I, I started walking I, in, I walking in arenas, man, they just, you know what, I, we, we done. Is that Cody Davis? <laughs> That's two fifty threes and missed 40 of them. Oh, but man. For the, for the uh, Houston Texans, would you classify this as possibly being the most competitive offseason this roster could have had in a very long time? And when we look at, and he's saying yes, ladies and gentlemen, for those that are listening, when we look at the 53-man roster, what's the most competitive position on this roster, and how do you think that will impact the depth chart? Most competitive position without a shadow of a doubt is linebacker. Um, And they have some young studs there. Of course, Christian Harris is probably the one guy who I would say his position on this team is solidified. Um, I would say Corey Littleton as well. And the reason why I'm picking linebacker is because one of my favorite guys to talk to in the locker room, um, he has been a veteran for this organization over the last couple of seasons. Um, and has been pretty productive on the field. But if, I, if I'm keeping it 100, and I'm looking at this outside of, outside of a biased eye. I'm wondering if Christian Harris is going to have an opportunity to make this 53-man roster. Dog. Christian Kersey. Christian Kersey. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Christian Kersey. Um, because I, I, I look at the numbers game, 
And John, I go back to something that you said on Sunday that I want to re- that I want to repeat again. Some of these young guys are going to bump a lot of these old guys outside of the NRG Stadium. And not only that, when you take a look at the fact that, of, of the players that they've been able to to draft over the over the last couple of days and, and signing on sign as undrafted free agents, and then you also take a look at the young studs that was already on the scene. John, I, I just look at Christian Kersey. I just look at this linebacking career. I'll be like, man, I really do not know who, when it's all said and done, it's hard for me to come up with a list of linebackers to say, this is, without a shadow of doubt, these guys, outside of Christian Harris, is going to make the 53-man roster. And Corey Littleton as well. So I, I like that discussion because I think with the linebacker position as of right now, Houston has, I believe, nine linebackers on the roster. And of course, I don't think they're gonna carry non non linebackers, mm-hmm. you know, come week one of the NFL season. <laughs> Excuse me, but like right, the rookie out of Alabama, Toto Henry Toto Henry T, you know, like where is he gonna fit? And I, and I really do believe that they like him, so they drafted him for a reason. But you do got the Corey Littletons, you do have the Christian Kirksey, you do have the Denzel Pyramids, you have the the the, the Gary Wallow, Jake Hansen. Blake Cashman, it will get interesting to see who they keep for depth purposes. But when I look at this roster right now, right now, Robert Woods, count it with me, Robert Woods, Nico mm. Collins, John Mechie, Noah Brown, Tank Dale, Xavier Hutchison, Amari Rogers, Jalen Camp, Steven Sims, Alex Bachman, uh, Johnny Johnson III, and Drew Estrada. That's 12 receivers right there. I think the receiver position is the most competitive, will be the most competitive. And I think the receiver position, and I'm not even, I didn't even mention Jerry Wayne, the undrafted free agent out of pit. Got a surprise for y'all. <laughs> but when I when I look at those, the receiver position, guys, it's going to take some of these guys to be able to not fully be able to play a receiver full time. What can you do for us on special teams, whether that's punt return, kick return, hmm. or whether you're a gunner, whether you have to go out there and make a play by tackling somebody, like going through preseason and making splash plays in places that you're not necessarily used to making them. These receivers are used to making plays with their hands downfield, within the numbers, with the routes. But now you're going to be able to have to feel the punt. Now you're going to have to go down there and, and tackle somebody. When I look at the overall roster right now, I think the wide receiver position is the most competitive. And I also look at the interior offensive line, center mm. guard center. I think Shaq Mason is a, is a lock. I do. But I am interested in the competition between Juice Scruggs, rookie, Jared Patterson, Kenyon Green and Michael Dater and Scott Quisenberry. I think that Scott Quisenberry and Michael Dater will actively be battling each other. And when I look at Kenyon Green, who I believe will still be the starter to open up the season, man, I'm interested to see what he can do against Jerry Patterson in the offseason. Right? And I, I, even with Juice Scruggs, they have experience at multiple positions, just like Kenyon Green. But they have experience as center and guard, and I think that may make them more, you know, 
less expendable. Then I look at it, Scott, Scott Quisenberry, looking at a, a Michael Dater who was signed in the offseason. So when I look at the interior offensive line position and the wide receiver position, I think that those are the two positions that Houston will have a lot of competition at. But before I walk away, Kurt Hennish, Roy Lopez, Taylor Starworth, Hassan Ridgeway, Thomas Booker, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins. Seven defensive tackles right there. How will Houston use the rookie men in the camp to get a feel for their rookies? The offseason to get a feel, training camp to get a feel for their year two and year three guys. Who's going to stand out? And who could be, <clears throat> to put it plainly, who could be more of a Swiss Army for Houston? Maybe want to kick you out really quick to play some in a four-eye, five-position Thomas Booker. Maybe right now we need you on kick return, kickoff, a punt, punt return, stuff like that. Who could be more available for Houston, effective for Houston, and kind of remove themselves for their norm to be a player Houston really can use to fill the back half of that 40 to 53-man roster spots where now they need guys that can come in and be some of these situational down players, some of these special team players as well. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And since we're doing somewhat of a preview of, you know, the competition heading into um, Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's putting together the challenge that they're going to have, putting together a 53-man roster, John, I do think it's very important for us to start taking a look at players who can actually be on the bubble of being on this team in general. Um, in, the sec- in the second segment, I mentioned Christian Kersey. Regardless, I really like to do, but once again, when you take a look at the numbers game, and it seems like the Texans are definitely starting to get a foundation established at that position group, and of course the depth. It seems like he might be the odd man out. When I take a look at safety, your favorite player, Eric Murray. <laughs> It seems like he's going to be on a bubble as well. And, um, you know, even going back to the linebacking core, you know, Garrett Wallow, you know, another guy that I truly like. However, I think he's going to fall into the same category as Christian Harris to the point where because this team is a lot more talented and because we are expecting more from this organization and you have a coaching staff that's like, you know what, we're not tanking. We're not satisfied winning three to four games. That's another guy that I can honestly see being on a bubble as well. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm not going to put Nico Collins' name in there as of right now. However, like I mentioned, John, I, put it like this. He's not going to come into training camp on the bubble. He's not even going to start the season on the bubble. However, if he does have another season where he's got to battle injuries and all this other stuff, I think we can really start questioning his future with this organization midway through the season. However, the same thing cannot be said for Brevin Jordan. This is a guy, he already seemed like he was on a bubble of being on the game day roster tour midway through the 2022 campaign, unfortunately. And, you know, that is another guy that I'm looking at, especially when you take a look at when Nick Casario was able to add um, in free agency at that position group. Brevin Jordan, man, I would not be surprised if we see him being a guy that's going to walk out the door off of 610 and Kirby um, when the season really begins. Yeah, man, when we look at the 2021 Texan draft class, Davis Mills, <laughs> I think, would be a very good backup for Houston. Nico Collins, a player that I believe that has been affected, his productivity has been affected by the quarterback play or lack thereof. Look at Brevin Jordan, Gary Wallow, and Roy Lopez. 
I don't think Ruan Lopez is there yet. I, I'm going to say this about Ruan Lopez. Okay, so as of right now, if we look at who has the higher upside, would you take Ruan Lopez or would you take Thomas Booker? Hmm. Okay, so who also has a higher upside? Would you take Roy Lopez or would you take a son Ridgeway who has familiarity with, with Demico Ryans? Ridgeway, definitely. Okay. Would you take Roy Lopez or would you take Kirk Hennish? That's where it gets kind of, you know, tricky because those two players kind of fill in what the next guy does. But I think that's a camp battle. Mm-hmm. I also will look at the possibility of what D'Amico Ryan's views as a tweener, who D'Amico Ryan's views as a tweener, a guy that can play inside and out for this defensive line. But I think Royal Lopez is a player with our two early predictions on the bubble. Gary Wallow on the bubble. Brevin Jordan, I am very interested to see how Bobby Slowick uses him and how Shane Day and Bill Lazor advises his that type of player to be used in that type of offense. Ah. And I would really love to see if they kind of prioritize motion him around a little bit. But that'll be interesting to see. Of course, it's going to take a very good preseason for him to stick on this roster. And I'm kind of pulling for him. I like Brevin Jordan. I think he's one of those players that the energy kind of warrants him being around on a successful, uh, successful uh, uh, type of team in offense. On the offensive side of the ball, I don't see Jalen Camp and Johnny Johnson coming back to Houston. I don't. And I look at a Johnny Johnson. I look at a Johnny Johnson who is – what's Johnny Johnson? Let's see here. I think Johnny Johnson is about 5'10", 5'11". And I think when we look at upside, what does Johnny Johnson do – that Amari Rodgers can't do to win on the top six wide receiver on this roster. I like Amari Rodgers to actually make this 53-man roster. He's definitely going to make it. I think with Amari Rodgers' skill set, Houston has a lot of smaller receivers. But these are guys that you want to operate in space. So now we're looking at the offensive play calling and how they're going to set some of these guys up to see how successful they can be. Of course, this is the early prediction, the way too early prediction of who's going to make the roster or not. But I like what Houston has in terms of competition, as I just mentioned. I think a lot of these guys, like Adare, you know, could possibly still have a good offseason, preseason. You're just going to be able to play for another franchise because Houston has the players on the roster that they believe is going to help them out this season. And it won't be some of the guys that's been here in the past because of how this roster was put together because of how the expectations were so low for this franchise. So we'll check. We'll we'll be able to see throughout the season. (laughs) Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. And as always, make sure that you give us a sub on YouTube as well. We are on the road to 4K. Once we get there, we'll be on the road to 5K. Follow Mm -hmm. me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12 as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.